This episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds is sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTIs, counselor, and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. They are the fabulous learning nerds. Because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott, Dan, and Abby are making it fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're gonna keep you with turning the fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh yeah! Hey everyone, welcome to another fantastic episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds. I'm Scott Chu, your host, and with me, like he is most weeks, you love him, Dan Coonrod. Everyone, Dan the man. Oh yeah, Dan. What's up, Scott? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm having a great day. How about you? Oh, I'm fair to Midland. Fair to oh. Midland. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Today is a day that um, reinforced to me that um, everything is always working out for your highest good. Do you believe that, Dan? Oh, man, that's tough. We're going to hit philosophy right out the gate, are we? Man, put me on the spot. I I think, I think, genuinely, I think that the natural default state of the universe is, is good and that most people spend a lot of the time getting in their own way. 100%. Yeah, no, I tell myself every morning in my quiet time, that I'm so grateful that everything is working out for my highest good. And if I really reflect on that, it is 100% true. It is a hundred, Even the crappiest of crappy things that could happen to you, if you look back on them, you always go, oh man, I, I learned something from that. I'm, I'm glad I kind of went through that. That made me a better person or it helped me to get to here or made me, you know, you, you fall in love with the most wonderful person in the world. and. And you're ready to get married to this person and everything falls apart. And then you're so devastated for a long time. And then you meet someone that's like way beyond that other person that you had all these dreams about and all these hopes with. And then you're like, man, I'm so glad that she packed up her, her dogs and left me. I'm just so glad about that. That was, ah. that was a good thing. Yeah. So glad. So that was my day. My day. Everything, everything's working out for you. Oh, there's the dogs. There are. You can pat up the door there, honey. And see you later. All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, one. Get out of here, pooch. All right. Yeah. So, hey, um, real quick, everybody. I'm glad you had a fair Midland day, Dan, and everything is all working out for you. But you know, just a quick little announcement for everyone. Um, Abby Dawson 
um, is taking a little sabbatical from the show. She's got some things going on in her life, and she really wants to make sure that if she's going to sign up to do stuff, that she can commit 100%. And um, there's some things that she needs to follow up with on her own personal journey. And we wanted to let everybody know that, uh, that, that we love you, Abby, right? And that we support your journey. And anytime you want to come 100%. back, whenever you want to come back, even if it's just one time to tell Dan that he's a great guy, then you know we'll uh, for sure let her back in uh, on the show. And if folks, mm. if you want to say hi to Abby and, and give her some love, we'd certainly appreciate that by uh, emailing us. What's that email address there again, Dan? Sure. Nerds at thelearningnerds.com. That's right. Email us. Tell us how much you miss Abby and and uh, wish her well in in life. Uh, she's a beautiful human being, and I'm just blessed to call her my friend. And she's super smart and talented. And um, you know, during this time, we're going to pray for you, and and uh, everything's going to be great. So, with that, we're not alone um, this evening. We actually have someone equally um, as talented. Um, and so, without further ado, everyone would like to introduce our third chair for tonight. Uh, Miss Zeta Gardner. Zeta. Hello, hello. Thank you. That was one one heck of an intro. Oh, well, I mean, that's that that's your drop. There it is. You know, you, you've got the power. It's, it, it's it's a great drop. It's a great, great intro. I've got the power. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, How many of those do we get before the copyright claim starts? Um, we got about we got about uh, we got about ten seconds of that before okay, the copyright okay, okay. claim starts. Yeah, good, for sure. Good, good. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean it, that I won't play it again. Like I, I reserve the right. To play that anytime I want. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, oh, Zeta, Zeta, Zeta. Hey, we're going to get to know more about Zeta and on her learning journey, why she's here, why she's awesome, why she's going to be such a valuable add to the show. And we're going to do it in our little segment that we call What's Your Deal? Hey, man. What's your deal? All right, Zeta, what's your deal, my friend? Oh, so much, so much. I have uh, li- I think uh, learning is a whole journey, never-ending journey. And uh, for me, it's been kind of a weird meandering. Um, started off as an educator, became an artist. I've been doing uh, freelance illustration as well as graphic design for the past seven years. And then... I kind of got into uh, ID. Uh, starting last year, I started training, learning a little bit in it, getting my feet wet, learning the modalities, and got hooked. That's awesome. And we are so glad that you're here. And I'm sure you're going to add tremendous value to our discussion um, today. You. And um, I'm super duper excited uh, about you. And, um, and your fantastic drop that I swear to God, I'm not going to play again. That being said, <laughs> let's go ahead and transition into our topic of the week, shall we? Are you ready? 
All right, Mr. Coonrod, what's our topic of the week, sir? Oh man, right on the hot spot. You know, I tell you what I I would love to take a minute to talk about is uh, just something that I've heard called, and I myself have been calling the the six month trap. You know what I mean when I say that? Nope. Explain for our audience. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. Okay. So, I mean, we've got, you've got your standard training. You've got stuff like your, your HR training, your, you know, the training that's legally mandated that circles around every year or so. Like that's important. But I, I see this happen a lot. And you have these non mandated trainings, these trainings that you get developed. And then they get pushed out because there's a problem, there's an issue, and you need these to solve it. So go, push. And then sometime between three to six months later, that problem, those red flags crop up again, exactly the same. And the answer is, oh, dust off that training. Let's push it back out. And that sounds good. Training's already done. Like, you know, you pat yourself on the back. You don't have to really make anything. You make some updates. Everybody's happy. And then before you know it, you're losing time every year, twice a year, sometimes more, to roll out this training. It keeps the fire low, you know, it, it makes everybody stop complaining. The red flags go away just enough, long enough to make everybody happy. And so everybody kind of just goes, eh, it's the price of doing business. But I don't think it has to be. No, I would agree. So I love the caveat you got on, listen, if you're doing yearly compliance training, folks, right? Like yearly compliance training, that's important. Oh, by the way, if you are, you should totally redesign that every year because your audience is going to be like, oh God, here we go again. I got to take this training, yada, yada, yada. And so find a way to make that relevant, find a way to to make that fun. I think that's a really great thing. So what you're talking about is the six-month trap, which is, hey, we threw this up against the the, the wall. Yep. And we saw the problem. And the problem comes back, so we just kind of dust it off, tweak it a little bit, you know, and throw it up there again. And um, I, I have my own little way of thinking about that, and I call it feel-good training. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? Explain it's that. It's feel-good training. Like my client or whatever comes to me and says, hey, we need some training. And so you put some training together and you say, hey, look at this. And you throw it out there and we got the flavor of the month. The flavor of this six months is chocolate, right? And then, and so we all feel good because we got something done. And then did it produce any results? Nope. Didn't produce any results. So we got to go back six months later and do it all again. Yep. And we're going to check that box. We're going to check the box. We're going to feel really good about ourselves because, hey, we delivered some training. And isn't that great? We all love to do that. But did it did the did the vanilla flavor produce any results? And nope, that's all right. Six months from now, we'll go ahead and dust it off again. And this yeah. is never-ending cycle and true. of and then- mediocrity. And, and I have like zero time for that. And it, now, on occasion, do we have to do it? Yeah. It's true. Well, Dan, I would toss it out to you and Zeta. Like, okay, so I had this conversation. We had this conversation not too long ago about what real value we add in a learning yeah. organization, right? Um, Lisa Wallace, we love you, Lisa. 
come back on our show, please. Um, <laughs> where she talked about not being an order taker. Yes. But here we are being order takers. Yep. We're going to design not even, and it's low on the design scale. It's low on the, uh, uh, you know, effectiveness scale. Make some people feel good. I like making people feel good, but I don't feel so good six months later when I got to go ahead and dust it off again. You know, I, 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 I think it stems from, I mean, like from a good place. So many leaders know that training moves the needle. Training fixes things. And so their default go-to is make some training, fix this problem I've got. And as as learning and development folks were like, yeah, self-high five. Because, you know, it feels good. People are like, yeah, I'm super happy. I'm making stuff. And somebody came to me and asked me to make stuff. And you know what? If you're super busy, and, you know, most L&D folks are, then the idea of like, oh, I don't need to build anything new. I just need to dust off this training. Oh, man, that's great. Let me. It's good to have you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 80 hours back. Like, man, that's awesome. Like, I, I can definitely use these hours to do other things. So you feel good. Your leadership feels good. Everybody feels good, except your audience. And, you know, I tell you what, I, you, I, you talked about Lisa and you talked about like order taking. And I really think like one of the best talents as L&D folks that we bring is our ability to do real and meaningful analysis and to like look at a problem and like, all right, here's the problem. Here's the issue. Here's the root cause of that issue. So here's the training that solves it. But that takes time. You know what I mean? And so that level of depth, that, that kind of like deep analysis, sometimes the business world doesn't feel like they have time for it. Yeah, sometimes the wheels are going too quick. Well, I mean, also from another point of view, the six-month trap, I think, can also be summed up in if you don't use it, you lose it kind of deal. Um, sometimes companies have to prioritize turnover time. Uh, sometimes you can't spend all your time on those soft skills that you were trained on. Um, maybe turnover Maybe a lot of the people that used to be there that took the training, no longer there. You have new people that need that training. So there's like legitimate reasons why you need it from time to time. Okay. I, yeah, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge that thought process with Please a little do. acronym. <laughs> little acronym. No, no, no. Ever <laughs> heard of can I? Kanai is constant and never-ending improvement. It's something I learned decades ago. This idea that we should always be trying to be the 2.0 version of ourselves and our work and everything. So at the end of a project, we should, be, it, it, we should always be looking for a way to make it better, right? Yeah. Um, we should be having post-mortems after every project we do. 30 days or 60 days or whatever the group decides is the right time to take a look at how well we did something. It should be part of our standard operating process, yes. SOP. And I got to tell you, my experience is that we go from one project to the next project to the next project. We don't take any time to learn if what we did had any effect at all 
right? If it was good at all. And I think that that perpetuates the six month trap. Dude, so go ahead. Truly, I was going to say, yeah. I, I 100% agree. We've, I've joked about it before. Uh, so many design groups will tell you how they, they follow the Addy method. Like, they're, you know, they're diving in, they're doing their analysis, they're doing their design, they're doing their development, they're doing their implementation, they're doing their evaluation, self high five, move on, next project, they're good to go. But I, I'm going to say most people end up just doing the develop, implement, evaluate. They die. <laughs> they die. I'm saying most groups are just die. Yeah. It's <laughs> terrible. When, when it should but, be cyclic, you know, it should, it shouldn't just stop there. It should start back up with analysis. Okay. What landed, what worked, what didn't, but sometimes we don't have time for that. Oh, oh, can I piggyback on that? Sometimes we don't have time for that. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Like you can, you have to make time for that. So mm-hmm. do I want to, oh my gosh, do I want to be on the hamster wheel for the rest of my life. Like I don't want that. Like mm. any amount of time that you skip from the analysis part of it, the alignment part of what we do, the objective discovery part of what we do increases our likelihood of rework by a thousand percent. Right? We're gonna 100%. get to the end of oh, where yeah. we're at, and we're like gonna like, oh, oh no, change that. Well, where'd that come from? Well, I forgot to tell you, or this is new, or all this stuff. And it becomes death by a thousand cuts, just yeah. like, whoosh, 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 and we're just getting cut all the time. And so when you say, I don't have time, ooh, I don't have time to do analysis around the things we do because I got too much work going on. Mm-hmm. How long does good analysis take? Let me toss that out there. How long does it take to do decent analysis or objective alignment? It takes a lot of time and a lot of attention, and it's worth it. I agree on that. I would love to hear from anybody in the audience on how long they're spending doing that analysis. Like, I, I can tell you what, from my perspective, what I saw time and time again is somebody else comes to a training group and says, this is what we need. And so the, the analysis portion, you've cut off that line. You've said, this is what we need. I've already determined what we need. And then you take away the design by saying, I need an a, a, a e-learning that covers these topics. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, you've left no room for analysis. You, you have already made assumptions, or maybe you've already done some analysis. Maybe your change management group, maybe your project managers, maybe you know, your HR teams have already gone in and done some of the analysis. And if you have, by all means, like share that with your learning teams. Like that's that's where I think this all like goes down to. Like we talked about kind of glibly the six month trap, and uh, but like it is like the root cause of this is so often the analysis portion of of the Addy method or like any design method you're using, whether it's Addy, Sam, Double Diamond, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Knowing what the problem really is. That's so key. And so often that step is taken away from us, is taken away from learning and development folks. And just like, hey, I looked at a number. This number's low. Why do I think this number's low? Well, I, it's probably because of A, B, and C. Like, like go go gadget no. solution. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know? like, like, if you tell me as an ID, 
or as a learning development person, hey, you know, like I've got this metric, it's at 15% and I would like to have it sub 10% inside the next, you know, 90 days. That's awesome. Because then I can go do the analysis. I can go dive in. I can start figuring out solutions. And I can move that number. Like, obviously, we want to change behaviors. We want that. We, we, we want to not lead numbers and manage people. We want to lead people and manage numbers. But, I mean, at the end of the day, that's like, that's how we're tracking what's working and not working. Numbers. We do it with quiz scores. We do it with, you know, metrics and key performance indicators. If you tell us what numbers you want moved, well, great. That's way better than, hey, I think we need an e-learning that covers these two topics. And I'd like it if it was uh, took less than 10 minutes and we could push it out to these groups. Like, whoa, okay. <laughs> you know, I think what we're talking about is so pervasive that it actually affects our ability to add real value um, in the space where we have that time as well. Because I... Because this happens so often, shiny object syndrome. Hey, I want a video. And it's yeah. got to do this, 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 and this. Great. I'll make you a video. Um, I got to know these things, but I'll, I'll make that for you, right? And then, you know, the me too's come right after that. So in the moment where, um, from a learning perspective, the learning department's like, hey, everybody, here's our ideas of what we could be doing based on our thought process. There's no alignment on objectives there either. You just show up in a room with like, hey, here's some groovy stuff that we think is going to be really cool and we can we can send this out to all the parts of the org and everybody's going to be happy. But there is, because we're so used to getting orders, we're actually turning around and acting just like those people that drive us crazy by showing up with, here's my solution. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. All the time. This. And then they get mad and go, no, we don't want that. We want this. And then then we're just right back to the beginning. Dan, go yeah. ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I was going to say this to us. And I'm going to say this to any leaders out there listening to us. Get your learning and development folks engaged as early in the process as you can. Earlier than you think makes sense. Not because they want to be there. Uh, they do. But more importantly, the sooner that they're engaged, the sooner they can begin doing the analysis, they'll be able to build better, faster training that will take less time and stick around longer. Yep. And be more effective. Yes. By, by showing up with half the job already done, it's not. You're not saving time. For my learning development folks out there who are happy to receive you know just marching orders with like the the tough job of analysis already done like guys folks party people go get it go do that analysis like that's that's our superpower that's where L&D shines i i agree me too and when, you know here's some things here's some truths that no one wants to tell you right cuz this is really true yeah. okay all right i feel like we should have a truth drop yeah we <laughs> no, definitely I'm do have a truth drop for sure, you know. <laughs> That's it. I'm calling yes. it. That's the truth drop. I love it. Truth drop. Mm. You don't have to start the work if you know what you're doing is wrong. Like, you don't have to do that. 
you know, um, if you get a brief and somebody asks you to do something and you're all like, what the heck? And all right, I guess we got to get it done. We only have 30 days to get this done. Let's go, 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 go. Like, time out. We're not starting this work, gentlemen and ladies, until we have a better understanding of what's going to be new, better, and different when we get done. Yeah. So, if, and, and I, I cannot tell you how many times I've actually done that and said, we're not starting until we have an understanding of what you want to accomplish. What are, you, what are your objectives? And so many people come back and go, well, I just want a training. No, no, that's not, that's not what I asked. What's going to be new, better, and different? What, how are we going to measure this? Like, where's, what channel are we going to use? Who's our audience? And what, do you, what are we going to sign up for? What, what are we signing up for? What are we going to change here, right? That's what we're here to do, right? That's what you want. Let me get back to you. Okay, great. You can go ahead and get back to me, which is great. Um, maybe I got a compressed timeline or whatever, but that's on them. And so that's truth number one. The the other truth is that I truly believe that at the end of the day, we kind of all want the same thing. Hundred percent. Yeah. We all want the same thing. How we get there, kind of up to us. So from a leadership perspective, it's about bringing people together and having a conversation. And it's about throwing the ego. And by the way, ego is the one thing that's destroying this entire process from the get, right? So the people coming to you with the request, they they know that, or they've been asked to do something and they feel like they're in the right, they know everything. And we, sometimes we get all defensive, go, oh, no, well, we, all, we know everything, this is the right thing to do. No, no. Throw that out the door, get the right people in the room. First question you ask is, do we have the right people in the room? Because if we don't, I'll reschedule this meeting to ensure that I've got everybody that needs to be here. Here's my idea. Blow holes in it. Mm -hmm. Why is this not going to work? Tell me why it's not going to work. And you're going to get answers to that. Great. What's going to make it better? And allow each and every person in that room to have a voice at the table. We're all facilitators here. Susie in the back, you run sales. You haven't said a thing. What's going through your head? You guys are crazy. This is never going to work. Great. Tell me why it's never going to work. Exactly. I want to know why. Exactly. And at the end of the day, you know what? I don't just want a product. I want the best product. And the only way to get that is by bringing people together, leveraging our leadership around thought process. We're going we're gonna to stoke this fire. We're not going to soak it. And at the end of the day, we're going to have a much better product. True story. This week, this week. <laughs> I'm consulting with a company and we're talking and and they're like, oh, so well, how would how would you solve for this problem? And that's exactly what I did. I'm like, well, I'm gonna get with key stakeholders and we're gonna talk about what their objectives are. Well, what's that process, you know, from the actual building the thing out? What is that gonna look like? Well, that all depends on what the answers to those questions are gonna be, right? It all depends on what their objectives are, what their timeline is, and and who their audience is and who their channels are. Like it could be a myriad of different things. But I mean, at the end of the day, what are we going to produce? I, I don't know. It's going to be the thing that produces the most ROI, right? So if that's what you want, and that's where our leadership really is, it really is all about that big picture thinking of, hey, we want to add value. We want to create great things that move the needle, both personally and professionally and for the organization. None of those things are mutually exclusive. And I, I got to tell you that the day that you put your foot down and just say, we're not moving, 
until we get alignment on stuff, you will you will earn a seat at the big people's table, right? You're going to sit at the big kids table um, and you will have a seat at the head of the table. If you ensure that you have your postmortem 30 days later, set it at that meeting. Like, okay, we're going to do this project. Great. Um, how long are we going to measure this before we determine that we're going to go back and look at, see what we did well and what we didn't do well. Oh, and metrics should be part of that too, right? We talked yeah. about for Patrick and making sure that we have effectiveness and whatnot. Yeah. So important because, and, and I think sometimes we, we, um, we do ourselves a disservice because we use those retention parts of the, of the learning, right? Our quiz metrics, we're going to throw in a quiz and did Scott learn anything and mm-hmm. did he understand this? And we're going to give ourselves a pat on the back. And that's not the metrics that I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, you know, from an audience engagement perspective, did they, did they learn anything? Did they do anything with it? Are they engaging in what, are, what, we've, what, what we've got out there, especially if it's self-directed? What can we learn from that? Anyway, I'm sorry. I've I've rambled. No, dude. No, no. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. For real. But though. I think are you're you, right. Are, this whole are you saying six months. That, am I saying what? Are you say? Are you <laughs> saying that as a learning development person, you'd like to talk? What? <laughs> I do. <laughs> but I'm glad you talked about that because I think listening is equally as important. So if we get those opportunities to get the right people in the room and we're going to be talking about stuff like, ooh, listening, critical, right? Yeah. I have, to, I have to quote a keynote that I saw a few weeks ago at Learning Solutions. I'm going to get a plug-in for Learning Solutions. Ooh. One oh. of the, uh, yeah, they're really great. They're a great group. The Learning Guild folks, go, go sign up with those guys. Really great people. Really great event, too. They do DevLearn as well. DevLearn's the bomb. I mean, it's really great. And we had Steve Burns was one of our uh, keynotes. Do you guys know who Steve Burns is? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna uh, abashedly, abashedly, is that the word? I'm gonna say no. No. Well, you do know who Steve Burns is. Steve Burns is Steve from Blues Clues. Oh, oh my okay. Yeah, right. So he was one of our keynote speakers. And I was super excited to see Steve. I'm like, Steve, it was great. Um, I, I, there is no uh, physical proof of this, but um, I, I do believe that I probably shed more than one tear listening to Steve, right? Mm-hmm. But he had a quote and he said it wasn't his quote, but I, I can't confirm where it was from. But basically he said, you know, that listening, Deep, genuine listening is the greatest gift of love that you can give to anyone. And I'm just like, like a bawling like a baby, like because the way you know like he said it in his Steve way, you know, and pausing and stuff. It's like a, like a master class on how to facilitate and how to how to give stuff. But I mean, it's so so true, mm-hmm. you know. And you can apply that to to work. You know, people don't like use the L word at work. And I'm like, yeah, get over it. I'm going to use the L word at work. Like, hey, listen, you don't care about these people. You don't care about yourself. Like listening is truly the greatest gift of love that you can give to anyone. And it is truly the greatest gift that you can give to your project. It's the greatest gift that you give to the things that you're doing. 
greatest gift that you can give to the people around you, right? Mm-hmm. So, boom, mic drop. Heck yeah. That's right? Nice. How do you follow well, that? I'm going to give my. <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I don't know how you follow that. <laughs> Probably a good place to wrap it up. Please. Give myself a round of applause. Give you guys a round of applause. Indeed. Self high five. I don't know. So Dan, I guess if you're going to summarize, what are some key takeaways, right, that we're going to go ahead and to to apply to this? We want to avoid the six-month trap. So 100%. Listen, if you guys don't want to have to recycle, go back to the same training, if you guys want to stop sweeping problems underneath the training rug, only for them to show back up as terrible training dust bunnies. I don't know where I'm going with the analogies here. I'm just running with it, though. Uh, it goes down to that analysis portion. Like we talked about it, we gave it a name. And then, like, listen, if your business is practicing Addy, if you're practicing Addy, don't assume other people's analysis is ready to go. It probably is. Like, like everybody's doing their best, but take time, examine the data behind the direction. Find out where your problems are and go solve those problems. Don't look at what you can see and just assume that that's the root cause. Go get your root causes, build trainings to tackle your root causes so you don't have to keep circling back so you can be respectful of your stakeholders, your leaders, your learners. Scott, you talked about you know listening is the greatest act of love. Because it's time. Be respectful of the time your learners give you, that your leaders give you, that you are going to give to a project. Do it right. Don't sweep it underneath the training rug. And just say no to feel good work. Yeah, no box checking. Not going to do it. No box checking. (laughs) Yeah. No to feel good work. Well... (laughs) No, actually. Stan, <laughs> could you do ourselves a favor <laughs> and let our audience know how they could connect with us? Great discussion today. Absolutely. All right, party people. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear about your own experience with the six-month trap, with your own experience with analysis, how long you're spending, what that process looks like. We'd love to hear your thoughts around our new host, Zeta. You can email us with those thoughts at nerds at thelearningnerds.com. If you're on Facebook, you can find us at Learning Nerds. If you're on Instagram, you can find us Fab Learning Nerds. And lastly, for more information about us, what we do, and any updates, www.thelearningnerds.com. Scott. Thanks, Dan. Hey, everybody. Could you do me a favor? Could you go ahead and hit that like button? Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, right? Share this podcast out with your friends. What a great topic. Hey, it's really going to help everybody get better. If you like what we're talking about, please leave us a review either on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever really helps us get the word out so that more people um, can catch on to what we're doing. And with that, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Zeta. And we're your fabulous learning nerds, and we are. Thanks for listening to the Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. 
When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.